the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time and such a time as Repentance is the pressure that releases and cleans the heart. And I hear this a lot. Well, other churches don't do that. Well, honey, I don't know what to tell you. We're not going to, hey, see you next week when now is the time to do battle. Now, how do you know your prodigal son isn't coming home if you get your face on this altar or come into the prayer room? How do you know the wayward daughter isn't being healed or set free? How do you know that breakthrough isn't right around the corner as we press into God? This is not time to go home. It's time to ramp it up and call down heaven. And, and this is how I fight my battles, through prayer and worship. Thank you for joining us here. Here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the fifth and final part of this uplifting message from Pastor Shane titled, Worship is Warfare. John Wesley once said, Give me a hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Are you feeling weak in your faith or desperate for more of God? Tune in as Pastor Shane gives an intense account on the true power we as believers wield when we are filled with the Spirit of the living God. Listen now and be emboldened and strengthened in Christ today to join the fight against the kingdom of darkness and witness the true, living, victorious power of King Jesus today. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. Would be to God we had more people emotionally worshiping God. Amen? That's where the term frozen chosen comes from. Or cemetery church. They're just, mm, 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 get me through this. Ah, oh, Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. <laughs> Dang it. How many of you guys have driven over there and found that out? But God gives us their forms of expression or to reveal. <clears throat> Can you imagine if we had no emotions? We just all kind of had the half smile and... No, they reveal what's going on. You know when you see that look in your spouse's face, what's wrong? Right? Because the emotions are revealing the, what's going on. So why should that not also play a role in worship? Shouldn't our emotions play a role in what's going on? And I only say that because it's right now there's a big push on emotional worship. And I'm like, can you please define what that means? What, what, what do you, well, that's emotional worship. Well, okay. What, 
what's he, okay, if, if it's not emotional worship, what kind of worship is it? I mean, dead? That's the only other option. Statue worship? So what's the opposite of emotional? What they're saying is they don't like all these younger people expressing their hearts to God and being an hour, hour and a half long worship services crying out to God because they see they lack that in their own spiritual life. Instead of repenting, they have to come up with some term. Now, when that term, when they're using that term that right way, is they mean, you know, um, emotion, you're, you're just trying to get the emotions, right? And we actually, when did we cancel the, the fog machine last week? We had a, we had a fog machine coming. And it was going to be, oh, it was going to be great. And we talked to the top musicians in the, in the, in the United States and they told us just, just how to, how to camp out for a while. And you know, I'm joking, right? Okay. Some of you are like, but that's what they, some, that's, uh, that's what I can see that term being used correctly. You know, you got the smoke machines, you've got the, you know, the worship leader, we gotta get that guy that charges $5,000 and wears the skinny jeans and drinks his latte, and he's got that worship look, and then just camp out, and you know, and number, and number C on guitar or whatever, you know, just, just kinda, just do that for a while, and see, now you're playing on emotions, and you can, and that's why they mean you're just playing on, because you can. You can, you know, anytime you hear the, the, the national anthem, do you ever get goosebumps? Or just me? Man, so there are things that, that can be, but that's not necessarily bad. God gave us emo- emotions to express things. It's where that expression is going. And I, I, I think worship should be a little bit more lively when it comes to worship. Think, I mean, think about what we're doing. We come in together corporately, and we worship the God who died for us and gave up His body, His blood as a ransom, paid our debt. Now I can stand before Almighty God. Now He's going to watch over my kids and your kids and our grandkids. He, although, though you might fall, you're going to get back up. The God of the universe is going to guide us and control us, although all hell may be breaking loose and I might be dying of something or I might be going through hell. That God is holding me together and we're going to come in here and just... <sighs> Think about it. Think about what's really going on in a lot of our hearts. Help us is a good good thing to say right now. Pastor, you're convicting me. Yeah, not me though. That's it's not me. What's convicting you? Knowing, knowing there's a deeper life, knowing there's a deeper heart. But on this note of emotions, they do not determine the truth, but they often reflect the truth. So when I hear the truth or singing about the truth, it's going to be reflected in my emotions. What a beautiful name it is. Man. And could it be that God gave us instruments and things that would spark emotion? It's not always a bad thing, guys. I think I read somewhere in the Bible, heart and loop and tambourine and, and this and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, frozen chosen. We got to wake up a little bit. 
Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're gonna you're gonna turn into some emotional worshiper. How many guys out there that are conservative like me, right? You're probably not gonna look like the lady up front with the flags, right? That's emotional. It's the same same emotion. They're same. They're feeling the same thing. They just express it differently. But there's got to be something that rises up in us and says, I've got to get to that altar. I've got to raise holy hands into the Lord. I've got to pray and contemplate or get on my knees. And there's something that, that, that expresses what God has done for me. I think it's a dishonor to come in and act like we're bored. I really do. We're getting more excited in Cinemark. Or when I went to the Dodger game, what an example of emotion. You, why aren't these guys emotional? I mean, why don't you call them emotional? That's truly emotional for the things that aren't of God. Paint their face loud as heck. Get these little horn things. <laughs> so here's, here's the key. Emotions are a thermometer, not a thermostat. So let me explain that. My emotions as a thermometer are going to major, measure or gauge the spiritual vitality in my heart. A thermometer, you know, you put, you put in the, come on guys, you know, you put in the meat or you put, or, or it's in your house and it says, okay, this is what the temperature is. It does nothing to change it. So that's what my emotions are. They're a reflection, a thermometer of what's going on in my heart. But they not, they're not a thermostat. Meaning they, they control now the temperature. They are, now our emotions are controlling us. I'm, I'm going to have to shoot you guys honest this morning. Like I always have been. I know it sounds funny. But I, if, if, if I had to, if I only, <laughs> um, hmm. If I only came to church when I felt like it, you might not see me a lot. Now I'm excited I'm here. Absolutely excited. Because see, my emotions followed. They didn't control me. This morning I decide to leave when my wife and kids leave. My four-year-old does not want her hair combed. And she's screaming bloody murder. Like, what is going on? Just comb her hair, it's easy. Will you do it? And then the 10-year-old doesn't want her in a room. And then it's like, golly, I just want to stay home today. I can't. That's right. Dang it, I can't. We used to do that all the time. Can we just be honest this morning? How many of you fully intent on going to church and then all hell breaks loose in the morning, I'm not going now? Me and my wife went to Central Christian and Hope Chapel and Calvary Chapel while we were married and we missed a lot of services because I'm just not going. I don't feel like it anymore. Good, fine. See how that, you blame yourself. You, everybody, if you can't relate, so I do laugh sometimes. The reason God made me a pastor too is to get my keister to church and to, right? I mean, there's just no way around it. Now there is, unless I'm sick, real, like real sick, there's just, I'm here. But I've learned a great lesson that when I, I'm like, thank God, when I, when I just walk in and hear the practice or drive, you think, oh, thank God. And see, now the emotions follow me. They come later. So that's when we get in trouble when your emotions are the 
thermostat. They're controlling the temperature of your heart. Love your spouse even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> should, I, should I get out of that one or keep pressing in a little bit more? Right? Don't our feelings... If you act on the feelings and they're leading you, they're the thermostat, that's when you get in trouble. I told Pastor Abram, I'm on the 405 yesterday. Me and my daughter coming back home. And I see, you see the highway patrol start doing this on the 405. I'm like, yeah, I know what this means. I'm only eight cars. And I'm thinking, if I just kind of act like I didn't see him, right? And I'm, but no, it took a mile and we're all stopped for over a half hour. Doors are open on the 405. I couldn't believe it. It was the same spot just about I saw OJ when he was, when he was, when he was down in that Bronco in 19. I was going to Cheesecake Factory and I saw the Bronco going there. I'll never forget. And that AC Collins was driving and it was just, it was funny, but kind of the same spot. And, um, so doors are open and people start honking. And do you think I just was really joyful about that and happy? Like, do you see the highway patrol blocking the freeway? What in the world do you want me to do? So a couple more, you know, and like, Lord, see, so if I allowed the emotions to go, I might not be here this morning because I was arrested. It probably wouldn't have been that, but I said, Sir, where, where would you like us to go? It's miles backed up. In this, and so these emotions, they can't be the thermostat and control you. That's why all the great books on leadership will say never leave a job when you're upset or mad or stressed. Rest on it. Take some time. Make sure it's the right decision. Because then emotions. Have you ever had to go back and apologize to the boss and rehire you? Just me? Nobody else? Two or three honest people. This is incredible. You, <laughs> but see, okay, have you ever had to go back and apologize to anyone because the emotions got the best of you? Every hand in this place ought to go up. So when it comes to worship, that's why this is so important. Emotions are great. They're God-given. Thank God for them. But they can't be the thermostat and control you. Number six, a posture. The posture during worship can be genuine or deceiving, but fruit doesn't lie. So I'm not going to hang out here because I just explained that. Going to different churches, you can see how people like express themselves. And you know, oh man, they're at the altar. They're they're worshiping. They're crying to God. They must be so. So spiritual. No, they could have just blown it. Right? So that doesn't always mean spiritual. It doesn't always negate spirituality. One of the most godly people I ever knew for sure was my mom. Without a shadow of a doubt. Like, do you ever get upset at anybody? I want to ask her. Like, oh, son, it'll be fine. I, you know, I used to, man, son, it'll be fine. God's got it. Well, can't you feel, can't you get frustrated with me? But never saw her really as an emotional worshiper, you know? Never came to the altar, never, 
You know, just very simple and quiet and in that back row. You're usually back over there by that exit. And so you can't, you can't gauge it on actions alone. And number seven, worship reflects on the awesomeness of God. So if you're having a hard time worshiping, push out your problems and push in the awesomeness of God. Often the only response to life's challenges is worship. Did you know that sometimes you don't have the answer? You don't have the answer. Lord, what is going on in my home? What is going on in my marriage or to my kids? I have no answer. The only response is worship because that's when the heart gets right before God and begins to cry out for God. God, take my anger, take my bitterness, take my challenges, take my fear, and I just come and I fall down in your holy presence and I worship you. Sometimes it's the only answer. I can't tell you how many times that worship was my only answer. I had no other backup plans. I had no options. And number nine, worship is a heart cry that changes the heart. Worship is a heart cry that changes the heart. It recenters the heart and it renews and it restores our relationship with God. Got to hurry up, huh? I actually came up 20 minutes early thinking it would help and it didn't. I mean, I talk too much. You guys got to give me boundaries and tell me. But let me, let me close with this. Maybe we'll pick up next week. In order for worship to flow through us, the conduit often needs to be cleaned. Anybody in construction or you, do you know what a conduit is? Let me show you a picture of some of the water pipes I used to see. Could it be that that's why only a little bit of the spirit's flowing out of you? The rivers of living water, is that why they're, they're, they're stopped up. Think about that. When that's, when that's empty, the pressure is amazing. It's just blowing out water. Thousands of gallons per minute. Sometimes, depending on the size. But look, only a little stream. And that's the heart right there of many Christians. What builds, what's building up? What's built, what's, what's clogging that pride? Pride. What about bitterness? Just you're just so bitter, so angry. And the reason I can say these things is I've been there. That can these things, these same things can clog up my my pipe too. Exactly the same things. But what is what is stopping that outflow? Maybe the opinions of people. Maybe your concept of worship. And what happens over time is things begin to catch on the side. Usually it's the calcium and and hard water spots and different things. But they begin to build up. They begin to build up. And over time, it begins to even constrict it more, the flow more. And that's what happens in our heart. Over time, our hearts begin to get clogged up with things. And we can't really come and worship God because I'm caught in sin. I'm, I'm, I'm just an angry prideful, or malicious, or gossip, or envy, or backbiting. All these things are in the Bible, and all of these things, if we're not careful, can be in us. But what opens this? Repentance. Repentance opens this this clogged line to God. 
Repent and renew those spiritual disciplines. Repent and renew. Like David. David had this clog. Remember that? No communion with God. He, he was in that sin in Bathsheba and a year had gone by. A year had gone by. And finally he was confronted. Confronted. See, it's okay to confront. And I often think if there had been no David or no Nathan, there may have been no repentance. David's just going, because you can just go through life, can't you? Going through life, everything's good until you're confronted. And what happened? He said, oh, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 19 and we'll close with this. The temple of God was then open in heaven and the ark of His covenant was seen in His temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake and great hell. So the bottom line is, if the ark was seen, then the holies of holies was open. Remember, the holies of holies is a place nobody could go except the priest to make the sacrifice. And then when Jesus died, that, that veil, that big thick veil was, was torn. Now access to the Father is granted. That's why we don't believe you need to go to a priest at all. That's, that's, what's the point of the cross? <laughs> That you go directly, you go boldly to the throne room of grace. So the ark was seen, the holies of holies was open, the temple is open and ready. Again, for all of us, all of you, those listening, those even listening, the temple is open and ready. All who repent and believe have access to the Father. All who repent and believe have access to the Father. And so this morning, I just want to close with this thought. Don't let the power of pride sidetrack you. Don't let the power of pride prevent heartfelt worship. Or for some of you, don't let the power of pride stop you from coming to Christ and fully surrendering your life. What do you mean the power of pride? Something that today still amazes me, no matter how many times I read it. Jesus would go into a place like the temple and the Pharisees, this is just laughable, they would say, let's watch him to see if he heals today. (laughs) Let's watch him and see if he heals today. How dare he? The Messiah is before you healing all around you and all you do is come with a judgment. All they did is come with a judgmental spirit. The power of pride blocked them from heaven. So maybe this morning, for those of you who don't know Jesus, you need to repent and believe and be baptized. Repent and believe and be baptized. And for many of us believers, believers, we have to repent and clog, let that clog, that conduit open up again. Let it come. Let it come and open up your heart. How we would clean a lot of those pipes is we would actually increase the pressure. 60 pounds per square inch up to 120, you'll clean that pretty quick. The pressure, repentance is the pressure that releases and cleans the heart. You are actually engaging in warfare right now after the service. Do you know, this is why we go into worship and go into prayer. And I hear this a lot. Well, other churches don't do that. Well, honey, I don't know what to tell you. 
We're not going to, hey, see you next week when now is the time to do battle. Now, how do you know your prodigal son isn't coming home if you get your face on this altar or come into the prayer room? How do you know the wayward daughter isn't being healed or set free? How do you know that breakthrough isn't right around the corner as we press into God? This is not time to go home. It's time to ramp it up and call down heaven. And, and this is how I fight my battles, through prayer and worship. He's calling, wake up, You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of West Does Not Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.